I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Today's podcast is a solo episode. It's just a general chat. I'm going to be speaking with you about a couple of different things, including some recommendations, also some bits and bobs from my weekly therapy. Um, What else? I might answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram. Just a bit of a chat, really. But the first thing I wanted to start with is I'm going to actually reshare something that I have mentioned in another podcast just in case you missed it or perhaps you thought, oh, I want to go and listen to that but never got around to it. And the reason I'm sharing this again is because it directly relates to the book that I want to share with you and talk a little bit about. And so that recommendation that I have mentioned before is a podcast series called Sentimental in the City, and it is under the umbrella of Sentimental Garbage. So if you search Sentimental Garbage, it's a podcast that will come up. And then they have, I want to say, eight episodes that are called Sentimental in the City. And it is hilarious. If you watched Sex and the City growing up, if you have rewatched it as an adult, I say growing up, of course you didn't watch it as a kid, but you know, through your teens or your early twenties, I highly recommend going back and rewatching the whole Sex and the City season as a slightly more um, mature adult. I don't know. I feel like it hits differently from watching it in your late teens or your early twenties to actually being in your thirties. It definitely hits differently. But the podcast that I mentioned, Sentimental in the City, is so funny and so light. It is two friends, two girlfriends, two women. One is Dolly Alderton and the other one is Caroline O'Donoghue. And they just have the best chemistry. You can tell that they have a really great friendship. And they are basically going through each season of Sex and the City. And they call it the Great American Novel. And it is hilarious. They talk about just all of the different themes in the episodes and the different characters. And it's just really, really light. And I found myself laughing out loud at these episodes. And I don't know about you, but sometimes life just gets so serious. You're always doing things for your kids or for work or I don't know, sometimes you forget to laugh. And I found this really, really funny and comforting And it felt like just being part of a great conversation with girlfriends on a night out. And I think that's probably the biggest compliment I could give it because I'm sure you know when you go out with a couple of girlfriends and you all get a little bit silly and the conversation just turns to those sorts of topics where 
it's kind of outrageous, but you can't stop laughing. It's that type of thing. So that is my first re-recommendation. I'm recommending it again twice because the few of you that have gone over to listen, I don't know how many have, but I've heard from a few of you or you've sent me screenshots saying like, thank you so much for recommending this because it is hilarious. Um, Also, if you do listen to it, give it time. The first 20 minutes or so, I was like, meh, a bit indifferent about it, but then I was completely converted. And so the reason that links to the book that I want to speak about is one of the hosts of that podcast, that series, is Dolly Alderton. And so Dolly is an author. She has another book called Everything I Know About Love, which I was gifted. And I did enjoy it, but it didn't hit me in the same way that this book did. So this book is called Ghosts, and it is Dolly's first novel. So it's a novel, but for me, it reads like a true story. Like it just feels very, very real. And to be honest with you, it might not be a book that I would pick up just based off the cover or the title being called Ghosts, but because I'm a fan of Dolly from that podcast, I was really interested to hear more from her because I like the way she delivers things and the way she writes and her humor. And so it was a bit of a last minute add to cart choice when I was buying books for the boys from, I was going to say Zootopia, that's a movie, Booktopia. Um, So I added it to cart. I also bought another one called uh, Guest List by Lucy Foley. And I read that book before this one and it was okay. Like that's kind of my takeaway from it. I was like, "Mm, it's okay. I read it. I picked the plot really early on. And it was fine and I finished it and it was what it was. But then when I picked up Ghosts to keep to start reading it, straight away I was hooked and I was like, oh, yes, like I've been missing a really, really great novel. So I will read the blurb to you just so that you have some context and then I will share a few little pieces from it that I really, really loved and I think will probably stick with me. So the blurb goes... Nina Dean has arrived at her early 30s as as a successful food writer with loving friends and family, plus a new home and neighborhood. When she meets Max, a romantic hero who tells her on date one that he's going to marry her, it feels like all is going to plan. A new relationship could not have come at a better time. Her 30s have not been the liberating, uncomplicated experience she was sold. Everywhere she turns, she is reminded of time passing and opportunities dwindling. Friendships are fading, ex-boyfriends are moving on, and worse, everyone is moving to the suburbs. There's no solace to be found in her family, with a mum who is caught in a baffling midlife makeover and a beloved dad who is vanishing in slow motion into dementia. So I don't want to spoil this book. I don't want to give too much away. But I will say I think there's something for every woman in her 30s in this book. It is written from the perspective of um, Nina, the main character, who is single and she does meet this man through dating apps, which that's probably why I feel so seen if you've listened to my episode with Anna where we talk about our dating app experience. But it's just so relatable. That's what I found. I found Nina relatable. I also found the strain in some of her friendships and her family, really, really relatable. 
I think that Dolly really nails that feeling of moving through life and realizing sometimes you're close with someone because of a shared history and if you met them now would you necessarily recognize them as a friend it's, it's hard to explain she does it so beautifully and so eloquently and there's a really big theme in this book of ghosts in terms of what people leave behind in your memory I think and I don't know I found it really really fascinating there's a lot of crossover in her relationship with this guy Max who comes on the scene then also with her relationship with her dad who is fading into dementia and then other friendships fading it's just really really well done it's thoughtful and it's funny and there were parts of this book that I dog-eared because the way she explains certain moments in life I was like oh oh my gosh that like that is what I have felt recently and I didn't really have the words to describe it there were parts that I thought I would actually read in this episode to you just to give you some context of those parts and maybe an insight I guess into the parts of the book that I was like oh my gosh yes but in reviewing the parts I'm like oh I don't want to ruin or take anything away from the story so I'm not going to do that what I will say is the way that she eloquently describes kind of moving through different identities I found really interesting and the way she spoke about you know your identity in one relationship and then an identity in a new one and who you are in relation to other people and their memories of you I I don't know I'm probably not doing a great job at describing it but I will just say 10 out of 10 loved this book highly recommend it it's an easy read it's enjoyable it's heartfelt it's all of the things that I like in a novel and so I will leave that recommendation with you it is called Ghosts by Dolly Alderton 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 I feel like I put an accent on when I say that (laughs) trying to just pronounce every syllable but there you go and check out the podcast that she does with Caroline O'Donoghue about Sex and the City for sure if you want something light to listen to all of the episodes are really long but you just chip away at them you know you can listen at you know 15 minutes at a time and whatnot And sometimes that's just the medicine you need rather than listening to something that's a little heavy or self-development-y, you know, not that's a word. But anyway, speaking of self-development, I have shared both on Instagram and in the podcast before that I created a bit of an eight-week commitment for myself. And I've spoken about why I use the word commitment, not the word challenge, and why I designed this commitment And I'm really, really enjoying it. And so on Wednesday coming up, so this episode will be live Thursday. So by Thursday, I'll be into week four. So nearly halfway, well, yeah, nearly halfway, um, the week four mark. And so I'm also doing weekly therapy as part of my commitment to self. And I'm really enjoying it. And enjoying it doesn't mean that I'm always happy about it in the moment, but I am enjoying the things that are coming to the surface and also having just that weekly um, weekly opportunity to speak about things that come up with me throughout the week. 
And one thing that I shared with her was I find I can be so different week to week. And I think that's to do with circumstance. It's to do with your cycle. It's, you know, all of the things. But I really wanted to be able to connect with someone who could see me (laughs) weekly so that they could kind of see, I don't want to say fluctuations, but I guess, yeah, I don't know. I think you get what I'm saying. So uh, weekly therapy, I've, I've mentioned some of the things that we've kind of touched on so far. One big theme being responsibility and my ability to respond, sort of absolving myself of that. You can go back to the other episodes and listen, but what we've touched on lately. So one of the big things that my therapist is encouraging me to do is to check in with myself really frequently with how I'm feeling because I was saying to her that sometimes I don't know how I feel Um, and I think that's kind of a stress response of fight flight freeze Um, I don't know how I feel because sometimes I'm just going through the motions of stuff or I will have an underlying uneasiness but I haven't really allowed myself to pause and work out what that uneasiness is I think a lot of us can be very good at filling that uneasiness distracting ourselves from it so I'm trying to practice more literal checking in with okay what's my body telling me right now like pause you know and when I say pause I mean like two seconds of just like putting my hand on my chest and being like okay how do I actually feel in this situation because I think that when I don't know how I feel, I tend to hold my breath and then that changes my body physiology and that adds more stress and more anxiety. So that's just a really, really simple one that my therapist has asked me to practice. Something that's not so simple is we have been unpacking what could be a pattern. (laughs) It's hard to know if it's a pattern when it's only happened twice. I think that, well, I know someone told me recently things need to happen in threes before it's a pattern but like obviously but I guess it kind of has happened more than twice but twice would be like the big ones yeah in reflecting it probably has happened more than twice on like a micro scale but what I'm talking about is choosing people choosing to invest in people romantically that don't have the capacity to love or think they don't have the capacity to love. So twice in my life in two ways, um, you know, and they can be quite layered and quite different, but the core of it is twice in my life I have had men that I have invested in. Invested is not a nice word, I don't think, when it comes to relationship. It kind of makes it sound a bit, I don't know, cold. But two men that I have been in a romantic relationship with have revealed that they don't know if they have the capacity to love or to receive love and so kind of unpacking a little bit why I'm drawn to that like why do I choose that and I don't have a definitive answer I don't know whether I will have a definitive answer but a couple of sort of schools of thought that we've come up with are that I like the safety of something being contained and not ever going too far that they might be able to really love me or really see the real me and so I choose you know and this is just 
a stream of thinking. This isn't saying it's absolute at all. Um, but just being real and sharing with you some things that I'm still processing, but in keeping with my commitment to only share things that I know it won't hurt me. If someone has an opinion on, I'm comfortable in sharing this. Um, so yeah, is it because I choose men that might not have the capacity to love me back fully because there's part of me that feels safe in that and is scared to be loved fully and scared to be seen fully. So I'm seeking out relationship that seeking out relationships or a relationship in the past that I have perhaps subconsciously been aware of that there is like a ceiling to it. There is a limit to it. It is safe. It's not going to go beyond any point. Um, and this came up again. Actually, I'm not going to, I won't share that. That That's probably too much to share. But yeah, so is it the safety in a container type thing? Or is it more that there's like part of me that's kind of drawn to the challenge of, no, no, I'm going to be special enough that we'll get through this together and you'll turn a corner and, I'll be the one that gets you there. I don't know. Like, I don't know which one it is, but I do know that I seem to be drawn to people that want to turn to me as someone that has answers for them. And I think that there's part of me that likes that. I mean, obviously with my line of work, like I'm always saying, I don't have all the answers, but I'm always open to sharing thoughts and I love deep conversations. And so I think being someone who naturally likes to nurture someone, I kind of call in people that, yeah, I don't know, that that's what, like I'm feeling a void for them and they're feeling a void for me. But ultimately, it probably, not probably, but ultimately, it ends up causing pain. So that's an interesting one to think about. And my beautiful therapist says to me like, okay, you might want to consider moving forward, getting really clear on your values in a partner and then keeping those values in mind when it does come time to dating and when you notice red flags um, that are telling you, okay, this person is being too vulnerable too quick or this person is, um, I don't know, looking to you to provide some sort of level of therapy or guidance early on or this person is literally telling you that they don't know if they can fall in love I mean that's a pretty obvious red flag like these are the things to keep in mind and to also you know you do have to trust your instinct and your gut but sometimes your instinct is leading you towards trying to mend some sort of childhood issue that's not going to be good for you long term. And so I don't want to say go against, I don't want to say that I'm going to go against my gut because I'm a big gut person and trust your intuition. But I am trying to be more cognizant of, okay, if my neurons, like if my brain is firing off about, you know, like a certain situation that I'm super attracted to someone, I need to recalibrate and go, okay, what is it about them that I'm attracted to? Is it in line with my values? So that hopefully is helpful. The other thing that we touched on was really noticing when I'm feeling triggered by something and that is my trigger and that is my call, my invitation to really practice self-compassion and self-soothing. 
We didn't go too much into it because that kind of came up more towards the end of our session, but it's something I've been thinking about a bit because when we are triggered by something, it's so important to recognize what's going on for us at an individual level before we respond. And so I've been in a situation recently where I did feel really triggered by something that was said to me and my initial reaction was like oh like I just want to retreat I want to sever this this thing I want to retreat I want to run away I don't want to deal with this I don't want to be I don't want to look at it like it was just like a real like oh like literally in my body like I was pulling physically away but also mentally wanting to pull away as well and so just adding a bit of a pause is so important and it gave me time in that pause to look at things a bit more objectively and go okay I need to identify here if I'm having like a real reaction what is it that I am feeling and why is it that this situation is causing me to have that reaction before responding and I I'm really proud of myself I'm I'm quite good because I've been practicing this a while at having that pause And so in the pause going, okay, I'm feeling like this. How do I actually want to respond? And so I just wanted to touch on that because I think the pause is really, really important. Um, It's something I've been writing about a little bit as well. So I might do a whole episode on the importance of adding a pause between being reactive and being responsive. I think there's a difference. So that is pretty much kind of... Yeah, I'm just looking over my list of therapy things. That's pretty much it in a nutshell this week. There is, of course, so much more stuff that goes under each of those titles, you know, in terms of accepting the love that we think we deserve. Well, why do we think we deserve that love? It all goes back to childhood. It always does. So there's a lot more that goes along with that, but I just thought I would touch on those topics with you. Next, I want to shift gears into something a little um, a little brighter. I have been so lit up lately about working. I'm really, really loving it. I am just finding that I've got so many things that I want to do that, I don't know, like rather than being overwhelmed by it, I'm excited. And I know how it feels. I was talking about this with Jordan yesterday. We had a working day and we we're talking about sometimes when you have so many things to do you just get paralyzed and you're not sure what to do next and I totally relate to that response but there's been a shift for me personally and whilst I have so many tasks to do with what I'm hoping to achieve I'm so excited about it I don't know like it's a Sunday afternoon and I've been working all weekend and I just want to keep working So something that I finished today is a free resource that is going to be available for anyone who is interested in perhaps having their own four-week commitment or eight-week commitment to self. I've gone with this free resource being a four-week commitment because that's how I started doing these practices. And the reason I went with a four-week commitment is it's so much more digestible than eight weeks to begin with. Like if you pull up your calendar and have a look look at a four-week period, it goes quickly. And so I talk you through the four-week commitment. I talk you through um, identifying what it is that you might want to bring more of 
into your life, why it's a commitment, why it's not a challenge, why we're not restricting or removing anything. It's all about adding stuff in that helps you feel fulfilled or more connected to self. I know a lot of women can feel like they've lost touch with who they are and their identity. And so it's kind of in line with that. It's going to be available completely for free very soon. I've sent it all over to the graphic designer. She'll make it look beautiful and then you guys will have access to it. But to get access to it, you do need to sign up. So to sign up, all that means is you're putting your email address in so that we can communicate with you when it's live, how to access it. If we have any sales coming up, share the new branding for you. People that sign up to this mailing list will be the first invited to um, to access the new project. So I will put the sign up link in the show notes, but you can literally just go to thekindparentingcompany.com scroll um, down to the section that says coming soon put your email address in and you're done that's it we don't need any other information from you and I promise to only send you good things that I think you'll be excited to receive if you enjoy the podcast because it's all in line with that so to round out this episode I'm going to answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram Um, what have we got here we've got Further to dating apps podcast, what are some other ways to meet genuine guys? I don't know. (laughs) You tell me, sis. Um, Look, I think that the world is a funny place right now with socializing anyway. But I think even pre-COVID, what I personally found, and I was having this chat as well the other day with someone, is it seems as though nowadays people are far less likely to approach you in real life. And I don't know whether that has to do with the dating app culture of it's very, very easy for people to just swipe through potential connections. So it's like the path of least resistance. You've got hundreds, if not thousands of potential people that you can scroll through in your hot little hand or your hot little pocket. So why take the risk and approach someone, which I hate because I think there's nothing more attractive than a confident person approaching you respectfully, of course, But I don't know, I find that very attractive. Um, So tips, like places to meet genuine guys or tips, I think, excuse that motorbike going past, we'll just push on. I think probably just being open where you are, like where you spend your time, of course, you know, it, it depends where you are, what state you're in and what's open and all of that stuff. Um, But if you're someone who values fitness, when you're at the gym, don't be afraid to make eye contact and smile, you know, um, or just generally as you're moving through your life, if you're at the markets, even if you're at the supermarket, if someone walks past you and you're like, oh, that person's attractive, I think it's important to smile and have eye contact. Don't be afraid of that. Um, there are also likely events that you can attend to. Like I haven't actually looked into this, but there might still be speed dating type events. I don't know. I know they were a thing a few years ago, signing up for courses that you're interested in, joining clubs that you're interested in, like running. Um, I, I, I don't know if you're interested in a certain type of cuisine, like signing up for a cooking masterclass, those sorts of things, just putting yourself out there because it's unlikely that someone will walk through your lounge room um i'm 32 and i know that you're 34 what are some good anti-aging hacks and tips 
I think when it comes to aging and full disclosure, I get anti-wrinkle injections. I'm always asked if I have filler in my face because I have squirrely cheeks. I don't have filler in my face. I just put on a bit of weight over the last two years. That's all it is, team. Um, But yeah, so I do get anti-wrinkle injections. That's probably the most important thing to stress here because I don't want to gaslight anyone and say, oh, it's just about drinking water, which it is, you know, drinking water and staying hydrated is important, but I don't, I don't want to fib to you. So I think nutrition when it comes to anti-aging is important. Lifestyle factors as well, whether or not you drink or smoke, I'm sure all of that plays into it. I'm sure it's just a lot of it's just genetic as well. I think how well you look after yourself generally, if you've got good overall health and you exercise and you eat well, that's probably the best things that some of the best things that you can do as well as of course, really good skincare. I use Esme have for years and I have definitely seen a visible difference since using Esme. I did go through a couple of months where I was having like microdermabrasions and, um, what's it called skin needling but I haven't had that done since COVID so it was actually yeah a while ago a year and a half ago and I found skin needling really great for skin texture but yeah I tend to think it's what you eat and how you live is really important um how did you give yourself the confidence to go and start your own business I have always been someone that is I don't want to say like business minded, but I've always been someone who's willing to have a go at it. And from a young age, like a really young age, I would be knocking on people's door and asking to wash their cars. And I would be setting up stalls at the markets. And I've always really enjoyed the thrill of that, like the thrill of working and earning and helping and providing a service. I've always been drawn to that. Um, how did I get the confidence to go and start my own business? I guess there is that kind of inner drive of enjoying it. But I also think that you just build evidence over time. No one just wakes up one day and has a super successful company. You've got to lay the foundation. You've got to build evidence. And so that could look like working for someone else and learning some skills and then seeing that you actually do have the ability to do X, Y, Z, or it's just taking a little leap of faith by perhaps starting an Instagram and putting yourself out there and just, yeah, building a little bit of momentum. And again, speaking about feeling overwhelmed, there's that famous saying of, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like you just have to do the next right thing, the next right thing, the next right thing and keep moving forward, really. Um, hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> Good podcast, book and music playlists, please. So I recommended the Sentimental Garbage podcast. I also love Armchair Expert podcast, book I shared in this episode, Ghosts, music playlists. I'm really eclectic with music. I like a really wide variety. I have a playlist right now that I'm obsessed with that I play every morning and it's just 10 or 11 songs that I've handpicked that give me a certain feeling. Lately, I've been listening to J-Lo's greatest hits a lot. I don't have any specific playlists, but um, yeah, I don't know. I would definitely recommend spending the time curating your own playlists that give you a certain feeling because it's definitely worthwhile. 
I know even of an evening with the boys, we always put music on for like the hour before bed. And I'm sure if, you fo- if you're listening to the podcast, you likely follow on Instagram and you've seen the boys having their dance parties at night. Like sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, Kylie, letting them thrash around to Fisher at 7 p.m. at night? But it's just so fun. It's really, really fun and light. And I enjoy seeing them hear different songs for the first time and the way that they respond. Like one of the boys really loves that old Montel Jordan, Montel Jordan song. This is how we do it. Um, and crisscross, like it's, it's fun. So definitely if you're not playing music in your household, just try it because I went for years with forgetting how much I love having music on and it really does make a whole difference to your vibe and your energy and the space. Um, and yeah, just explore different playlists. What else have we got here? Um, some tips to gain confidence internally and externally. I think to gain confidence externally, it comes from internally. I think that they're both connected. I don't think you can focus only on your exterior to gain confidence because we all know people who have perhaps hit a health goal or an external goal and then they're still miserable as all hell on the inside versus people who are happy on the inside they just radiate on the outside so I think the most important one is internal which I would call intrinsic confidence and I think I have done episodes on this before, so maybe go through the old ones on confidence. But honestly, just keeping your word to yourself is a big one. And that's what this commitment will help you with, this four-week commitment that I spoke about. It's about keeping your word to yourself and building that integrity and that momentum. And it's not about what you're taking away from yourself. Um, Other gaining confidence tips are trying something new, Um, putting yourself out there a little bit what else will help with confidence confidence again comes down to building evidence so it's just taking little bites little steps forward and you build up that foundation all right I will leave this episode here and I will endeavor to answer the other questions over on Instagram would mean a huge deal to me if you take a screenshot of this share it on your Instagram stories and tag me so then I can share it on mine as well I hope that wherever you are and whatever you're up to, you're staying safe and happy and I will check in with you guys soon. What else? I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say in this episode. So take care and I'll chat soon.